Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. So he's offering how much, Gavin? $11.99 and a case of Coors. Fuck it, I'll take it. Tom Steyer, he's better than Mike Bloomberg. Ass. The following podcast contains... This man, this man is responsible for so much filth. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you're offering influencers 150 bucks to post your shit and you didn't offer us one dime, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, February 21st, 2020. No money man can win my love edition of the show where we talk about the billionaire who would save the Democratic National Committee from the evils of socialism. Stay tuned. Be What the hell you think your podcast is brought to you by Big Brass Balls, the service that teaches you not to give a shit. Are you the kind of person who wants something but is held back by ethics, morals, common human decency? Then you need Big Brass Balls. We will teach you that it's weak to let anything stand between you and your goal. Whether your goal is winning the big game, stealing the life of your friend, or outright buying the highest political office in the land with your tremendous wealth. Big Brass Balls breaks down the self-imposed barriers of shame and societally imposed barriers of guilt to teach you to fucking go for it and not give a shit who gets hurt along the way. When you want it, don't have it, and couldn't care how you get it, you need Big Brass Balls. In last week's debate in New Hampshire, the moderator asked a question from a woman here from Tennessee. She wanted to know why any of the candidates would be better able than I am to attract the voters we need to beat Donald Trump. It was a great question, but not one of them had an answer. So let me tell you why I believe I'm the best candidate to take Donald Trump on and win. To start, I have workable and achievable plans to deal with the toughest challenges facing the country, and I will get it done. That's the message we need to win voters all over this country and to beat Trump in the swing states that will decide this election. Because we all know the Trump strategy. Attack Democrats, make their plans look unrealistic, unaffordable, and undoable. That won't work against me. If you live in New York City for more than just a couple of years, you will eventually play one of New Yorkers' favorite games. What's that smell? No, not that one. That's a different one. Holy shit. Is that guy dead? No, no, no. The other one. I hate the subway. I mean, that's a great game, but that's not the one I'm thinking about. No, it's... uh, Oh, hell no. I'm just going for the celebrity sightings. That's the one. After you've lived here for a while, you start to pile up sightings, run-ins, interactions, and our totally favorite 
noticed them but played it off because that's how we do in New York. That last one is, of course, a New York City staple where you spot someone famous in a mundane setting and then you make this giant production of trying to get them to notice you, totally not making a giant production about noticing them. And if you happen to work in a service industry, you will definitely have some good celebrities or cool stories to trade. And there's social currency here in New York City. My high-value story for years was how I convinced James Tony Soprano Gandolfini, R.I.P., to cut his dog's nuts off. It's mob-related. No, no, it was just to keep his dog from having puppies. For every cool celeb story you have, you also must have at least one famous asshole interaction. FIIs are when rich, famous people act exactly the way we assume most rich, famous people act all the fucking time. And to be clear, my positive interactions far outweigh with the negative ones with famous people, who are for the most part people just like any other, just with a shitload more money. Except for one guy. This guy, my superpower is that I'm rich as shit, made a lot of money on Wall Street. Then he laid out a lot more money selling computers to people who work on Wall Street. Now, his oldest daughter was a client of the vet clinic I worked at and was in one day for an appointment before flying out with her dad on their private jet. My boss was late as shit as usual, and the rich dude's daughter got into her appointment about an hour after it was scheduled. This meant her rich dad was stuck waiting for her because of my shitty boss. And said rich dad proceeded to call the clinic and blew a fucking fuse on me, the guy who just answered the phone and had nothing to do with the situation, who had in fact actively tried to avoid it entirely. Rich Dad was rude, profane, and just a real... Dickhead? Yeah, that's the word I would use. This guy was so rich, so famous, he didn't even need to pull the whole do you know who I am card because everyone in the fucking city knew who he was because just a few months before this happened, he had been the mayor of the entire fucking city. Yeah, I was called a useless piece of shit and fucking moron by none other than billionaire douchebag and former mayor of New York City and current candidate for the Democratic nominee to president of the United States, Michael Bloomberg. Should he win the presidency, he will be the second president of the United States to call me a useless piece of shit and a fucking moron. All I can say about the other incident is do not piss off Jimmy Carter. Are you making this up? Maybe. Only the part about Jimmy. The other part actually happened. It probably shouldn't come as a surprise that I am not a fan of Mike Bloomberg. And in all honesty, my not fandom goes back quite a bit before I'd even moved to New York. I came up in 2004 to visit my friends and in the bar, I fished out a pack of cigarettes and everyone's like, you can't smoke in here. And I was all like, I, I, I just watched a guy in a business suit take a shit in a Times Square t trash can and you're telling me I can't smoke in a bar? But I get it. I mean, no one should get cancer from me because they also serve me a beer. Still, didn't make me think much of my soon-to-be adopted city's mayor. Like so much of what he did during his 12 years as mayor, I should point out the New York City mayors have a two-term, eight-year limit, but Mike bought himself another term. <laughs> you know, he did that sort of thing a lot. And like so much of what Mike did for mayor, it wasn't to help out the regular folks of the city. It was to make it nice for the billionaires and millionaires of the city like him. It's my absolute conviction that if he were to become president, he would do the exact same thing to the fucking country. Now, 
Before I get down to really telling you what I think about Mike Bloomberg, let us together learn a little bit about the man. Michael Rubens Bloomberg was born in the Brighton neighborhood of Boston on Valentine's Day in 1942 to William and Charlotte Bloomberg. William, a bookkeeper for a dairy corporation, moved his young family to the comfortably middle-class neighborhood of Brookline for two years after Michael's birth, and then two years after that, to the suburb of Medford, where he grew up. Young Mike was in the Boy Scouts. Bunch of perverts, if you ask me. And achieved the rank of Eagle Scout. He graduated high school in 1960, from there attended John Hopkins University in Baltimore for his undergrad in electrical engineering, and then attended and gained an MBA from Harvard in 1966. He went on to work at Wall Street, working his way up to general partner at the Salmon Brothers, where presumably... They make money the old-fashioned way. They earn it. There's a whole backstory to that Salmon Brothers thing, which is utterly irrelevant to the story about Bloomberg. I just wanted to play that commercial. Mike was actually laid off from Solomon Brothers in 1981 after it was bought out and reshuffled, leading to the aforementioned backstory. But he was also laid off with $10 million in his pocket from his time at the firm, and that's just shy of $30 million in today's money. Poor boy. Here's some money for bus fare. The reason he made so much and rose so fast was that Mike designed a computer system for Solomon that provided financial data as close to real time as could be achieved with the technology at the time. It was with highly customizable data fields and graphs that could be quickly analyzed and acted upon. And two years after he left, he was leasing these terminals to other financial institutions for a rather lot of money. And thus, the Bloomberg terminal was born and obscene wealth was hard on its heels. I should probably take a second to explain exactly what a Bloomberg terminal is. As I wrote this script in my J job, I could look up and see three without leaving my desk. Those three computers alone cost my employers $75,000 a year between them. And by my count, we have at least 18 of them in the office where I work, so you can do the math yourself. It's my understanding that there would be no math. The terminals, which still form the core of Bloomberg's business, even though it's not all that clear that a Google search wouldn't provide the same information, Although, according to Mike, they could replace women if they could only suck dick. Bloomberg managed to launch a media empire that includes now Bloomberg News, Bloomberg Radio, Bloomberg Message, Bloomberg Tradebook, and aside from the short-lived and ill-conceived Bloomberg Financial Boom Boom, which featured women holding spreadsheets and little else, his businesses have made Mike a very rich dude. Like $64 billion rich. Last year, Forbes listed him as the 12th richest man in America, and LetThemEatCake.com listed him as the third against the wall when the revolution comes. Pointless aside, LetThemEatCake.com is a real website for a bakery, and it's owned by a lovely woman named Lori in Providence, Rhode Island, with an AOL email address. I'm assuming she's been squatting on that domain like a freaking genius since the early 90s. Back to Mayor Bloomberg who became mayor in New York City in 2001 when he ran with the support and endorsement of then-Mayor Rudolph Giuliani, the mayor of 9-11. He ran as a Republican. He ran again as a Republican in 2005 and won. And then in 2009, after obtaining a pass from his pet city council, ran for a third time as an independent since George W. Bush had put the stank on being a Republican in the city after trashing the economy. What was life in New York City like under Mayor Bloomberg? Let me, uh, and again, I lived through it, but let me quote from an article in City and State New York from 2018. Quote, the Bloomberg way, 
the concept of the mayor as CEO, businesses as clients, and citizens as consumers, and the city as a product that's branded and marketed. Bloomberg's corporate worldview drained the color out of New York City, a sterile, relentless kind of destruction that dehumanized its victims, victims with the logic of the market. When he imagined what a city could be, his mind settled on a high-end mall filled with expensive accessories. He explained at an economic conference in 2003, it's a high-end product, maybe even a luxury product. If you couldn't afford the product, the Bloomberg way was to push you out. Bloomberg invited global investors to knock down old brick buildings and erect glassy, lifeless towers of secrecy that housed the wealth of foreign oligarchs and kleptocrats, but not many actual people who live in New York. Not only did the absent owners fail to contribute to the local economy, but their property taxes were also wildly discounted. A surprising new phenomenon, high-rent blight, featured boarded-up windows where beloved local shops used to serve the community, with rent hikes that in some cases went from $4,000 to $40,000 per month. Landlords might hold out for a global chain store or a bank. Bloomberg was willing to pay over $6,000 to fly a homeless family out of town, but unwilling to pay housing and secure workers a few more dollars per hour when, they, when he built the luxury product that Bloomberg was subsidizing with their tax dollars, unquote. And that's just one facet of Bloomberg's New York, a high billionaire playground that meant crime had to be controlled. So young black and Latino men had to be fucking stalked like gazelles on the Serengeti by cops every time they left their fucking homes. But that's okay. We got some new waterfront parks with million-dollar condos looming over them like fucking vultures. There are people far more qualified than I am to speak about the effects of stop and frisk on young men of color, and I'm going to let them do it. All I can say is that I lived in Harlem through most of Bloomberg's war on brown people, and I, a white dude, could walk down the street smoking a joint and twirling a gun on my fingers right past the cops, and they'd nod and smile, then throw some black kid against the wall for walking on the other side of the street. And if you think I'm exaggerating, I will say only about the gun part. Everything else is factually accurate. And can I get into the fucking moss surveillance? I cannot. But that was a thing that happened. That fucking Bloomberg authorized fucking surveillances on mosque just for being fucking mosque because, you know, scary brown people. I've been cast as somewhat churlish in my disdain for Bloomberg by some of my acquaintances and castigated for my assertion that Bloomberg is basically Trump with some modest sense of self-control. But when you look at his record, you will find I am not what one would call wrong. Here are some quotes from Michael Bloomberg during his time as the head of Bloomberg LP, compiled by his loving minions just as he divested the company to run for mayor. Bloomberg has verified he said this, and he called them, quote, Borscht Belt Humor, unquote. All of these quotes come from a little compilation called The Wit and Wisdom of Bloomberg. You can search that online and find the exact text as a PDF. Quote, you know what? Computers will never replace people because a computer would say that the sex of the person giving you a blowjob doesn't matter. On his own terminal systems, it will do everything, including give you a blowjob. I guess that puts a lot of you girls out of business. On his personal code of ethics, the first rule is don't leave the toilet seat down. Oh, here's this bit that you'll hear later from Liz Warren about the royal family. What a bunch of misfits. A gay, an architect, that horsey-faced lesbian, and the kid who gave up Coo Stark for some fat broad. Going on to speak about women, if women wanted to be appreciated for their brains, they should go to the library instead of Bloomingdale's. 
I know for a fact that any self-respecting woman who walks past the construction site that doesn't get a whistle will turn around and walk past again until she gets one, unquote. This is from a Slate article, quote, but there are plenty of other demeaning Bloomberg comments in the public record that the former mayor there has neither tried to deny or redefine common sexual lingo around. Bloomberg once employed, uh, implored New York Magazine reporter Jonathan Van Meter to, quote, look at the ass on that woman standing next to them at a holiday party in 2012. The former New York City Council Speaker Christine Quinn told Van Meter that Bloomberg demanded she wear high heels. The mayor has no use for flat shoes and mocked her when her dye job grew out for exposing her gray roots, unquote. I'm not sure why I think this is relevant because maybe it goes to how Bloomberg treats anyone he finds inferior to him, which is everyone. But Christine Quinn, who was more or less Bloomie's pan-picked successor, who did everything Bloomberg demanded, including obviously dressing how he wanted her to, keeping her hair dyed. I mean, that kind of story sort of implies that when her roots were growing out, she had three hair collars, two on her head and one on her bush. And Quinn was an open lesbian that she, of all people, did this to please him. Makes me sure, makes me positive that what he did was to women that he thought he could fuck was far, far worse. Over the past few weeks, his views on such things as transgender rights, referring to transgender people as guys in dresses and he, she, or it have come to light. His ideas about what caused the financial crisis of 2008 Apparently, it was giving money to poor people and the end of redlining. Redlining was never about financing, but always about segregation. His ideas that blacks and Latinos, quote, don't know how to behave at work came to light. He said that to PBS in 2011. All of these things are bad. But that he said them like 10 years ago makes them much worse. This isn't locker room talk back in the bad old 70s, 80s, and 90s when men were men and women kept their fucking mouths shut that they knew what were good for them. This was just a few years ago, and he isn't even ashamed of it. He would like us just to forget he said it because, you know, it's all about beating Donald fucking Trump. Fucking Bloomberg is Trump with the brain. Ross Douthit. Ross fucking Douthit of all people who is so not woke, he's the sleeping beauty of the New York Times opinion pages, wrote, quote, but Democrats considering this sales pitch should be very clear on what a Bloomberg presidency would mean. Bloomberg does not have Trump's flagrant vices, though some of his alleged behavior of women is pretty bad, or his bald disdain for norms and rules and legal niceties, and so a Bloomberg presidency will feel less institutionally threatening, less constitutionally perilous than the ongoing wildness of the Trump era, in addition to delivering at least some of the policy changes that liberals and Democrats desire. However, feelings can be deceiving. Trump's authoritarian policies are naked on his Twitter feed, but Bloomberg's imperial instincts, his indifference to the limits on his power, are a conspicuous feature of his career. Trump jokes about running for a third term. Bloomberg actually managed it, bulldozing through the necessary legal changes. Trump tries to bully the FBI and undermine civil liberties. Bloomberg ran New York as a miniature surveillance state. Trump has cowed the Republican Party with celebrity and bombast. Bloomberg spent his political career buying organizations and politicians that might otherwise impede him. Trump blusters and bullies the press. Bloomberg literally owns a major media organization. Trump has Putin envy. Bloomberg hearts Xi Jinping of China.
unquote. Look, I'm some blathering libtard podcaster, but when Ross Douthat, the fucking arch-Catholic, people should be virgins and abortions should be fucking basically the death penalty says it, you might want to fucking pay attention. Because Bloomberg doesn't bother with issues or consensus. He just buys people from the other side and tells them to say nice things about him. As the mayor of New York, he donated vast sums of money to black churches, a community organization that had influences in the black community. The heads of those organizations said nice things about Mike every damn time they opened their mouth. And the press ran them saying those nice things in response to criticisms by people beneath Mike's threshold to bribe. He's doing the same thing now. In 2018, he donated to Emily's List, the organization helping to organize and fund women candidates who were pro-choice. In 2019, he donated to Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight, dedicated to protecting and expanding voting rights. And in return, those organizations, both of whom you might think would have things to say about his character and the impact of his policies on the respective communities, have remained quiet and passive because a million dollars, which is what he gave each of them, does a lot of good in the world and it's hard to blast the source of that money even when the source of evil. I'm not criticizing them so much for doing what they are doing, But a fucking A if Mike doesn't dole out cash to get them to take it easy on him when he ran for president. Trump, if he really was rich, would do the same. He isn't, so he doesn't. All of this probably leaves you with the question, who exactly wants Bloomberg to be president? It's the Republicans. Yeah, because Mike is a fucking Republican. Among Democrats, however... He's not exactly as popular during the Democratic debate in Nevada Thursday. The other five candidates, you know, the ones who actually did the fucking work of campaigning, had to fucking go to Iowa, New Hampshire and eat the corn dogs and shit other than just buying votes. They showed the weaknesses of this little Bloomberg guy and what I can only pair, compare to a bar brawl where the entire bar beats the shit out of some little guy who wandered in and started talking out of his ass. Good God, Liz Warren murdered him so bad. I haven't seen a murder like that in Las Vegas since Tupac got shot. I'd like to talk about who we're running against. A billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. (laughs) Democrats are not going to win. If we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. You should have seen Mike's face. You know he had something he wanted to say, he was dying to say, but couldn't say because he knew Liz would smash his face into the little fucking podium he was, fr- was standing in front of. Nor, nor was Liz the only one to jump on the dog pile. Everyone there got a piece of Mike's ass. I think we need something different than Donald Trump. I don't think you look at Donald Trump and say we need someone richer in the White House. The reason the stop and frisk change is because Barack Obama sent 
moderators to see what was going on. The policy was abhorrent, and it was, in fact, a violation of every right people have. Everyone up here has released their tax returns, Mayor. I think, and it is a major issue because the President of the United States has been hiding behind his tax returns. Maybe we should also ask how Mayor Bloomberg in 2004 supported George W. Bush for president. If we're going into the election of our lives, against a president who rose to power by cynically exploiting the frustration of ordinary Americans feeling like leaders weren't speaking to them, then I think that turning to someone like Mayor Bloomberg, who thinks he can buy this election, is no better a way to succeed than turning to somebody like Senator Sanders, who wants to burn the house down. You got knocked the fuck out! Mike just stood there with a blank look on his face as he got toted out of that fucking debate like I do out of a bar at fucking 2 a.m. on a Wednesday. The second Bloomberg walked on the debate stage, he opens himself up to the very thing he never really faced before. People that couldn't be bought or bullied by his money. The other five candidates had a vested interest in exposing every shitty thing Mike had said or did in his entire life live on national television to be viewed by 20 million people and then repeated on an endless looping by cable television for days, weeks to come. And look, that shit happened to Donald Trump in 2016. But here's the difference. Democrats aren't MAGA-hatted chuds or loathsome DOP GOP donors. We're Democrats, and we eat our fucking own, own for breakfast. Do you think we won't happily consume someone like Bloomberg, the antithesis of everything the Democrat base fucking hates like poison? All right, boys. Time to eat. I mean, Bloomberg did accomplish one thing in the debates. He was the first and so far only candidate to get a rousing round of booze from the audience. So, hey, he's got that going for him. So again, I got to ask, who wants Bloomberg to win? Bloomberg. Yeah, okay, but who else? Well, they're the rump Republicans. Butt sex? No, 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 that's the, well, maybe. That's the never Trump wing of the GOP who hate fucking Trump the way I hate fucking Bloomberg. They really want Bloomberg to win because they get rid of Trump and they get a Republican in the White House. There's also the Democratic establishment who hate Bernie Sanders and Liz Warren and have been desperately looking for someone to stand up to the progressive wing of the party, which is very much on the roll at the moment. Thanks, Mr. Biden. The second Diamond Joe started doing what Joe does in a presidential campaign, you fucking know they were on the phone whispering in the ears of Bloomberg that he should swing in like Spider-Man to save them all. And the third group of bloomers are a kind of Silicon Valley techno-libertarian who believe Bloomberg's business savvy is just the sort of thing America needs, a real CEO president to trim the waste from our society. How he would do that? I don't know. I guess by composting the poorest among us to feed the slightly less poor. Soylent green is made out of people. They think that Mike's brand of politics, devoid of the necessity of answering to the voters for the greater good of corporations, is just the kind of thing to get this rocky republic back on its feet. And the fourth and final group, of course, the people who sell advertising to television stations for political campaigns. They are pleased as fuck to help Mike, Mike spend half a billion dollars so far. Oh, and I guess that anyone Mike has paid to say nice things about him on the internet. Though, uh... I bet they're only as loyal as long as Mike keeps paying. Everyone is trying so hard to say they will support the nominee no matter who it is. And that's why fucking Mike Bloomberg 
thinks he can buy this election as a Democrat because he knows that most of the party will rally around JFK's brain if we cart it around in the jar because we want to beat Trump that badly. And as someone who is slightly more Sanders than Warren, I know we Sanders supporters have burned a lot of bridges, but I got to tell you, there's no fucking way I will ever vote for Bloomberg. I voted against him his last run for mayor, and I will not vote for him for president no matter what. Now, I'm a dude in a very blue state, so I could say that and get away with it. But I think, I think I will be joined by a lot of other Sanders supporters in this country if Bloomberg becomes the nominee. We might have burned a lot of bridges, but that's just a bridge too far because Bloomberg is exactly what we are supposed to be fighting against. The United States of America, a putative constitutional republic, is all is in all but name an oligarchy. Real political power rests in the hands of a few wealthy men whose money and influence allow them to wield enormous power over the political direction of this nation. Mike Bloomberg is just one of them. A short list of some of the others are Jeff Bezos, the Cokes, the Warren Gate, Bill Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, the Waltons. Basically, you have billions of dollars, you're an American oligarch. Sure, Bezos bought the Washington Post and lets it do great journalism, but he also uses his money to make more money. That's not how the system is supposed to work, and that's not who we're supposed to put in power. When Trump ran, Trump ran in 2016, he used to say he couldn't be bought because he was so rich, that he understood how corrupt the system was because he used the corruption of the system for his own benefit. He intimated to his cult followers that he would drain the swamp of people like him who bought their way into power. What Bloomberg is doing is actually far more insidious that the lie than the lies Trump used. He's just looking us in the eye and telling us, fuck it, I don't care. I'm just going to go out and out buy my way in. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. So why not let Mike get it done? What Bloomberg understands is that a significant percentage of Americans are really fucking stupid and will do what the television tells them to do. I mean, they do it every goddamn day. How else can you explain things like Flobies, the Slanket, the fucking Shake Weight? If you run enough advertisements, people will buy useless, dangerous, and self-destructive shit like Mike Bloomberg. In fact, Mike Bloomberg is the spray on hair of presidential campaigns. Paint your bald spot? I don't. Do you paint your bald spot? Paint your bald spot? Mm, sick. If we let Bloomberg win the nomination, we are saying to the world and to ourselves that we just fucking give up. That the entire exper American experiment is over. We went from a bunch of rich white landowners who wrote a constitution, giving them all the power, and then through 200 some odd years to something that was moving in the direction of a multiracial democracy to right back to being governed by the rich again. And that's just not something we Democrats are supposed to be in favor of. In the debate, the candidates proved it nothing else. They recognized this as they dogpiled on the threat to everything we are supposed to be standing against in the form of a tiny autocrat trying to sell himself to the lazy, uninformed, and downright stupid. And you know what's scariest of all? It could still fucking work. That is it for our show this week. You know, Bloomberg pays 150 bucks a pop for influencers to say nice shit about him, and maybe if that little, a little bit of that green had come our way, Mike, we would have backed off on you a little. I mean... 150 bucks to get me out of a couple of jams, but uh, it's too late now, buddy. I'll just put you on blast to like 
two or three dozen people. It's over now. Speaking of being over, rate and review and follow on Twitter. Donate to Patreon. It's been a long show and honestly, worn out. And all I got to say is for Dave, Gigolo on the street, Bledsoe producer, girl with the nasty curls and all the fictional suckers on this show, we want to say no money man can win our love. It's sweetness of Bernie and Warren that we're dreaming of. And we'll see you all next week. They were making noise, manhandling toys. It's the girls on the block with the nasty curls, wearing padded bras, sucking beer through straws, dropping down their jars. Where did you get yours? Who's looking good today? Who's looking good in every way? No style or key. You better watch. Buffalo stance. We do the dive every time we dance. I'll make a move, nothing left to chance. I'll make love, nothing left to chance. Don't you get fresh with me? I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.